Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor's storyline and editing podcast. The winner of this show is on this. I definitely think people underestimate me. And if you were watching closely, there was a clue. Got the million dollar check written already. I mean, I'm, I'm the winner. My wife and kids have definitely saved me from my demons, my nightmares. Last time I played like a cop, this time I'm playing like a criminal. The past will eat you alive, but the future will save you. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's it, this is a, a business trip, as I like to say. All the girls are coming together, and we're spinning the guys around as much as we can, and then we're devouring them, one at a time. I'm gonna win a million dollars, so I guess my nickname's Fabio. I'm your host, Joe. And my name is Daniel. And we are here to cover episode three of Survivor Ghost Island. Only time will tell. Um, The premiere was two hours, so the second week's episode is the third one, as far as we're concerned. It's also our third episode, so that works out great. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to factor these as three different episodes, because as we saw last season, sometimes your episode two won't be in the first two hours, so you still have to edit the show in a way that your big characters are still introduced if CBS doesn't give you a two-hour time slot on the first day. So it's important to note, like, episode one was two episodes, and so this is episode three, which is a little bit different than a lot of seasons. Yeah. Um, what are general thoughts on this episode? It was so good! It was such a good episode. Like, I think this is perfect Survivor. This is the kind of season I love. This kind of the kind of episode I love where you get all kinds of cool character moments, you get good strategy, you get all kinds of varying perspectives of what they think, who, like, who should go where. Even the person who get, got booted was a surprise because they were shown in a way that was captivating and meaningful. Like, going into Tribal, I wasn't 100% sure what was going to happen. It was great. Yeah, it was a really good surprise that Morgan went home. Because it was being presented as Angela and Libby. Even the first two episodes episodes sort of gave us that. Yeah, it was like these oh, two these invisible people. people. important. And then Morgan is like, oh, there's no way it's going to be Morgan. Morgan's just the decoy. No way! Like, it was yeah. it was really a fun, fun little blindside. But you still understood the vote, which is a problem they have been tending to have. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Is like, one thing that I often want as a viewer is, like, to be blindsided and shocked and surprised, but not be confused and lost as to what happened. And I feel like that's a big problem with Game Changers and Hero Sealers Hustlers. It was just like, what just happened? Who knows? They didn't tell us. They lied to us. I didn't feel like I was lied to, but I was still surprised at the result like that's good survivor definitely um so we are sticking true to our traditional format of going through each contestant talking about where their edit is going from here if they're still in contention for the win as far as we're concerned i don't know cbs could totally surprise us and yeah maybe they just decide one day that storytelling doesn't matter and this is we're only gonna surprise we're only gonna shock people and uh make someone who's invisible the entire season win like assertive yeah, Australian survivor season you can't make any bad decisions if you, you make no decisions, make decisions yeah. at all like one of these days um, someone who's just irredeemably awful t- television is gonna win one of these games and that'll be the real test of how they uh <laughs> edit the show <laughs> Yep, so we are starting with the Malolo tribe, and then we'll start go with the Navidi tribe, who went to tribal council and eliminated Morgan. Um, so Malolo... What a wonderful off... breakout episode for the first person we're talking about. So in this oh, first yes. episode, the first two episodes, in fact, they got, I believe, one sentence across two hours. 
no no real content. And in this episode, they got all kinds of content. We learned who they are as a person, who they're going to be as a character. And that's right. We're talking about Bradley, who we learned is a complainer and almost nothing else. Yeah. Dirt better than, worse than sand. Yeah. This was Which... an incredible breakout episode for a person. I think this is hilarious that they're just destroying him. Like, it's just, it's absurd how the only content only things we know about this person are that he's ungrateful, a complainer, doesn't see the beauty in the world, like, hates <laughs> hates dirt, like, thinks, like, Malolo or a bunch of, like, like are gonna be fun to vote out one by one. He can't wait to begong them. It's like, this guy just had one of the worst episodes ever, I think. See, this is an argument for another podcast, but you love Spencer. I'm not so hot on Spencer Bledsoe, but we know that Bradley was maybe going to be cast in his place on Kagion, and I'm all for Bradley in place of Spencer. <laughs> I think that's a more fun character. <laughs> Uh, that is a hot take. Like, oh my god. To me, this guy is, what if Spencer was terrible television who gave them nothing? Like, this is really, like, I 100% understand why Spencer took his spot. I 100% understand why Spencer was on two seasons and this guy probably won't qualify as being on one like, like, this is just, uh, like, this is the kind of thing where they just, like, they just decided they're gonna arbitrarily pick this one quality about him where he whines all the time, like, and that's what they're gonna show all the time, like, this guy is just clearly not giving them anything, and they're just like, ha 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 ha, this is what you get. Because everyone out there is complaining in some capacity. He's probably sure. doing it more than most people, but it's not like that's the only thing he's doing, but that's what they're showing us, and that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, um, even though I like him, he is the bottom of my winner list. Like, yes. there's no way someone who gets edited this way, like, just not appreciating the experience is going to win. Like, even more than someone who's been invisible the first three episodes. I can't see Bradley winning. Yeah, no, like, one thing that a winner has never been shown as is ungrateful and lazy. Like, like a lot of the kind of, like, really negative traits that no one really values in a person. Like, a winner has never been shown as lazy. A winner has never been shown as ungrateful and, like, not appreciative of the experience. Like, winners talk about how great Survivor is and how hard it is, but how it's worth it. Like, winners don't talk about, like, it's dirty. Like, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, I really so think badly. this is one of the worst edits of all time. Like, really, like, like I feel like if you're gonna rank all, like, 700 Survivor characters ever, like, Will Sims 2 had a, has a better edit than Bradley to win. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm excited to see where it goes, though. But oh, yeah. Like, I, it's not going to number one. <laughs> I'm so happy that, like, they've continued with this trend, like, with Cole Metters last season of, like, this, like, big buff dude who's just they're just gonna rip into for the season, you know? Like, though I imagine he has more of the longevity of uh, Patrick. Yeah. And, like, Cole started okay, but he started telling people things, and then it was just all down there, downhill from here. And I think the only thing, I, and other thing I wanted to touch on with Bradley is I feel like he really shouldered the weight of a lot, of, one story of this episode, which was the negativity of Navidi. And he really was, like, the spokesperson, the scapegoat, everything. Like, he really was the symbol of what the story was trying to tell us about Navidi as a whole. Yes. Even then, I don't think he's really, like, 
a villain, but just more like a hench person who mm-hmm. will be like easy to take out. Like I thought that I think that scene cons- when he is like everyone else is like positive music playing, looking for the idol up against all odds, <laughs> and he's like, at least they're fun to talk to while we vote them out oh. one by one. Ha ha ha! Like that was like evil villain. Like it was just like yeah, just sitting talking, laughing at the heroes. Like it was <laughs> terrible. Like for an OVD. Yep. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, I I don't. He's pretty so. one note. Yeah. On to Brendan. Um, I guess I'm still sort of just mediocre on Brendan. It's not that it's a bad edit, but it just doesn't feel as nice as it could be for him winning. Mm-hmm. He is the one who did get to remark on how negative Navidi was, so I think that's neat, but otherwise, he didn't do much of anything my, by my book. Yeah, like, they really, like, he is a character who is so perplexing because I still think there is a world he wins. Like, he is still being shown as attentive and, like, knowing things and a trustworthy narrator. Uh, he's never been, like, discredited. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's also not getting really much. Like, he's getting, like, the bare minimum almost. Like, it feels like he's really important to how life is going on both camps he was on, but that, and that we're being shown that because it's almost like they can't not show that like because he is just so central like he know he's the one who calls out that jacob doesn't have the idol and he's the one who calls bradley the complainer and that survivor's supposed to be hard but then the only com- content he really gets ends in overall not a great swap for me like it's like very he's not getting any positivity he's so toneless no yep i agree with all of that it's enough to put him under some like questionable edits for me in terms of like ranking them um i don't think he's eliminated but I'm just not seeing anything that really makes me want to back him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like there's characters all the time in these seasons that are like him, and they're always the most frustrating, where it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't eliminate them. You can't put them on your winner board. You can't, like, you just don't know what to do with them because if he comes out next episode and really gets, like, this beautiful, like, like Ben style, like, talking about being a teacher and selling, like, like some positive stuff about being a teacher, all of a sudden he's, like, a top tier candidate. But right now he's, like, waiting in the wings. So it's, like, like this fear, like, to me it's so similar to Adam in Millennials vs. Gen X before episode four where he mentions his mom. We're just like he's just a narrator like he that's it like that's he's just talking about things that are happening and it seems like you're supposed to listen to him but you don't know who he is at all so it's like it's very much one of those weird edits that just there's nothing yet like it feels like there's he's so clearly making it far that it's like they don't have to show us anything yet yeah i agree we're sort of looking for that adam or ben moment like a few episodes in where they really have their personal content and of course that's not going to be the same for every winner that comes forward as survivor goes on but it's something we're watching for now mm-hmm. so if that happens to brendan yeah i'll skyrocket him up to the top yeah the only thing else i have to add is just like he's clearly in a, like being shown somewhat positively because like the malolo four are shown positively and also his yes. connection to michael like him and Michael are clearly going to be an important duo, and then that four is clearly going to be an important four. So it's like, you know he's in yep. here for the long haul. It's just, his story hasn't really started yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, do you have anything else, uh, anything else to add about Brendan? I don't. <laughs> but maybe I'm just too excited to get to our next Oh person. yeah, like, this next person was shown significantly more than they were last season, last uh, two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Knows how to climb a ladder, but really struggled with the rope, I would say. Yeah, so, yeah, in case you uh, <laughs> listeners at home didn't catch on, we're talking about Chelsea next. Uh, Chelsea is hilarious, invisible three times in a row. Um, 
really is only shown in the challenges. And even then, when she does really well in the challenges, you get voiceover from Probst saying that she's doing very poorly in the challenges. Like, <laughs> like she, as far as I could tell in this episode, she climbs the ladder. Their t- their tribe is way behind, or at least a section or so behind, because uh, the other side, apparently they had trouble lifting up the ladder or whatever. She climbs up that ladder. She gets rid of the rope in, like, a second. And Propes is like, looks like Chelsea's really struggling with the rope up there. It's like, <laughs> I, as far as I can see with my eyes, she got, she caught them up. Like, she caught Malolo up by how fast she did it. Why is Jeff Probst's voice over here, like, completely, like, trashing her? I don't get it. <laughs> like, Yep. So, yeah, other than that, no content. And, I mean, maybe you could say that her, like, only saving grace is that she's not gone to tribal council. But, like, people don't know she's on the show at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are an inattentive viewer, you probably don't know who this is and just assume she's somebody else, right? Like, <laughs> Yes. I think even with Natalie White, who did not get her first confessional until the fourth episode of Survivor... She was on the White, show. She said things. She was on the show in episode one. She was one of the dumb white girls dumb blonde girls also white but <laughs> wait and blonde yeah. and blonde yeah um but she did get to say stuff during the camp life of samoa chelsea we haven't heard a word from maybe a word and like but honestly like the weirdest thing is like i feel like you could make a case that she was invisible negative in this episode because navidi was negative and the only content she got was jeff Probst mentioning that she's on navidi like it was navidi huh. or a bunch of complainers navidi won't stop whining <laughs> chelsea her only content is she's that girl from navidi so it's like bad look for Chelsea. Yep. I really have nothing else to add. I, I hope she becomes like, a bigger character later on. Uh, I watched some of her web confessionals just as like a out of curiosity to see like is this girl giving them just absolutely nothing? Yeah, the answer is yes. She's was just talking about like like food and like the badness of the camp. So it was like like yeah. And we kind of saw this. We thought she just seemed generic and yeah. I think like I mean, props to me. I think I did like both of us actually like preseason. We were like this girl's gonna be a dud. She's a dud. Why did she get yeah. cast on the show? It's because she's an NFL cheerleader, I guess. I don't know. I think she's Jeffra at best, and she's not Jeffra. Nope, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, the next person was invisible in this episode too, pretty much. Um, yeah. It's Desiree. I mean, I still think she'll be a big character coming up. Um, she did get introduced in episode think... one in a pretty interesting way. Uh, yeah. But it, she just hasn't gone to tribal. This is one of those ones where it's like, at least she got to speak multiple times in the first episode. And I think the second episode, it's like, so at least she has way more like, if she's going to win Natalie White upside, where like, she was introduced and just is, is irrelevant. So like, I understand why. Like, we were we were told that her and Wendell are close and they're not even on the same tribe. So it's like, I get why she's probably not being shown on the show. Yeah. I don't, I don't have her very high. I guess I can still see a path to the win, but... Oh, I have definitely eliminated her. I just, there's probably a parallel universe, maybe, where oh, she yes. wins with this it's, edit. It's super scaring. We literally have nothing to say because we did not get anything from her this episode, mm. so... I mean, like, maybe theoretically you could say it's a positive that she wasn't shown complaining. Like, she's still better than Bradley. Yeah, I think she did nod when Bradley was sort of... That is true, giving that is true. ...about knocking them off one by one, so... But yeah, pretty much everything we said about Chelsea applies to Desiree, but just a little bit better. Um, she's probably third last on my winner board. Like, I think I have her fourth. Ooh. To last. Um, yeah. I do hope that she explodes as a big character, though. Like, I really think she yeah. has that upside. Um, yeah, that one confessional we got was good. Yeah, it was so really, really I'm good. I'm excited to see. Like, she's not going to be invisible the whole time. Yeah, I mean, like, Andrea in Game Changers was invisible for, like, the first, like, four episodes. Yeah. 
And then she ended up being a huge character with like almost like it was like the fourth most confessionals or something. So it's like you can recover. Yeah, but you maybe can't win. Yeah, you, but you can't <laughs> win. But mm. onto someone who could win. I agree. It's Jenna. It's Jenna. Um, might be a hot take but i think we both are firmly convinced that she's an extremely likely winner yes she's not my number one she's not my number one but actually she's not even my number two um but yeah i think as long as we keep getting something from jenna and it's not complaining part of the yeah part of what does worry me about her is it's very consistent what she has got where it's tied to stephanie it's tied to stephanie it's not ever right in the forefront we still don't know anything about her. We don't know anything about her. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of negatives it, on Jenna's edit. Like, everything she says, like, like even in this last episode, um, she says something along the lines of... Actually, I have the transcript, so what she says is, um, so if me and Stephanie did find an idol, it's the only way we can switch up the numbers. Like, it's always, like, me and Stephanie, me and Stephanie, I'm going to follow Stephanie. I'm yes. going to do what Stephanie wants to do. I'm going to follow Stephanie wherever she wants to do. The upside there is that there is the potential that it is the pass the torch edit. And I feel like the fact that she is getting content in every episode constantly being relevant constantly being kind of positive is like enough for her to cling on as that winner contender because she could pick up that torch from stephanie get that like all the positivity from stephanie's edit gets passed over to jenna jenna rides into the waves and if stephanie wasn't such a huge character that i think has potential to get booted early i would not be factoring jenna in as an as a winner but she just like stephanie looks so much like somebody who gets booted early yes I think it's interesting that Jenna's winner chances are definitely tied to Stephanie's edit, and Stephanie is being shown as someone who's positive and stuff, so I'm I'm optimistic that maybe Jenna could deal that when Stephanie goes. Yeah, like, really, like, the earlier Jen or sorry, sorry, the earlier Stephanie goes is the better for Jenna. Um... Well, like, I mean, like, you don't I want Stephanie she... leaving next week, but if Stephanie's the merge boot, that's no. really good for Jenna. Yes, that's exactly where I would think. Like, very Jeremy, Natalie, mm-hmm. Stephanie, Jenna. I think yeah. one thing that is just in addition is good for her is one this malolo four story being so positive like like we are supposed to be rooting for this malolo four the edit is like completely trashing navidi new navidi on malolo like it's really doing a a lot to reinforce that this malolo four is important and she's being shown clearly as part of that malolo four in addition she is getting to say things that aren't like only with stephanie like for example she says when you're on the bottom, you have to really fight it out. You have to try and make it as many connections as you can. Uh, and especially with this kind of luck, all of a sudden you can go from the top of the food chain to the bottom. At least that said before the Stephanie thing. She's not just saying me and Stephanie. She's saying some things beforehand and sometimes after. So that's enough to like make, like it's enough that we're getting like at least some insight into how she thinks. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I'm excited to see where Jenna goes. <laughs> I, if she wins, like you deserve so much credit because you called that on episode one and convinced me. And honestly, I didn't see anybody else. And, like, now you're starting to see, like, the Jenna kind of, yes. like, support brewing on these edgic sites. It's like, mm, Joe called it first. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that post-challenge confessional from episode one is such a weird spot to have Jenna's monotone voice narrate. So. Oh, yeah, because I still think that Jenna is arguably a casting dud. Like, she is not very interesting, <laughs> but she's getting content. And that's always an important thing. Like, like I feel like... Everyone has to always be on the watch for that boring character who gets content. Yep. Onto someone who is not boring, but is getting content. (laughs) Well, okay. So Kellen wants to pick off those Malolos one by one. And that would be epic, according to her. Yeah. Nothing is more epic than a Pagonging. Um, I, I don't know... This girl says she's a super fan. This girl says that she loves Survivor and loves exciting and drama and all this stuff. And then literally in her confessional, it says, From the outside, 
it might look like I want to work with Malolo, but Navidi has the numbers. My game plan is to keep us together because it would be so epic to just knock out the Malolo tribe one by one. Yeah, I have been seeing support for Kellen because people see that her content isn't necessary to whatever stories are going on. And that's true. Like, she has not gone to tribal council. But I just think this episode was so negative for her. She's a member of Navidi. She wants to eliminate our underdogs. And our underdogs are four of the most positive people on the show right now. <laughs> I would say the four most positive. Yeah. And, like, not only that, but, like, she was literally shown as complaining. And then a shot of Bradley complaining. And then Brendan saying, one thing that struck me about Navidi is that they've done nothing but complain about the conditions over here. Like, Kellen's confessional about, like, the baby being, like, the ugly baby and the shelter being awful. And, like, what's happened over here is immediately cut to a Bradley confessional whining. And then Brendan ripping them, like, talking about how Navidi are complainers. She, like, yeah, he says specifically Bradley. But he says all of Navidi and especially Bradley. It's like, Kellen is being lumped into that hardcore by the way this the way that goes like maybe if Brendan had that 20 minutes later it wouldn't be so bad it's immediately after like that is not good for Kellen I agree with that I also think when she's just at the water well with Stephanie and Jenna and she's like yeah we're gonna pick you off sorry it's the luck of the game oh yeah I don't think that's or in that like uh scheming thing with her Desiree and uh Bradley earlier like so many things in this episode are signaling to us Kellen is not winning. Like, I don't know. I had her as a winner contender last week and not this week. Like, she's not on my board. And honestly, I think if people are saying that she's getting, she's a contender because she's getting content, like, that shouldn't be shown, she's not relevant kind of thing. And, like, I, I saw somebody online say, like, it's, like, similar to Michelle Fitzgerald. I feel like that's taking the complete wrong lesson from Michelle Fitzgerald because she is relevant to the story. She's our villain. Yes, I agree. Kellen is not our winner. She is going to, like, turn into our villain. I think when people who might be more suited to that, like Chris and Dominic, sort of fall to the wayside, I could see Kellen sort of emerging as this strange archetype for a villain. But... You know, like, she's... Like, she is she is relevant. She, like, yeah, in the first episode, her introduction wasn't relevant, but that just means that she's a big character. That doesn't mean she's a winner. And then in this episode, yes. we see her true story, her true side. She is our villain. She's, she's She was super negative in this episode. She was very, like, very relevant to the story of Navidi versus, like, Navidi bullies versus Malolo underdogs. Like, that's what it was. Like, to me, I don't think she has a realistic chance at winning. I would put her pretty near the bottom. Maybe not quite eliminate, but, like pretty close like it's so hard to win looking like a complaining ungrateful person like i think a lot of bradley's negativity is on nick on kellen and just he's an easier punching bag and she's more captivating and she also gets content because she is charismatic like preseason yes was a favorite he she was one of jeff probe's favorites we called her as being one of the biggest characters on the season she's not a michelle fitzgerald who blends into the background she is a loud charismatic person She's always going to get content. Like, people who are saying that she should be, like, could be ignored easily are wrong. Like, yeah, she's like evil Aubrey. Evil Aubrey. Or evil Hannah, which is exciting, but not our winner. Or, like, even honestly, evil Cochrane, evil, evil super fan nerd. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. It's, 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 an, it's, it's honestly a character we haven't seen before. Like, super fans love to hate super fans, but, like, this is legitimate, a bad super fan. And the weirdest thing is, it seems like Reddit loves her, right? Like, she's our first super fan villain but doesn't feel like people hate her. Huh. Like, people hated Ryan 100 times more, and Ryan oh, was glowingly sure. positive for the pre-merge. It's like, is that what 
the is that what super fans want? Do they want the villainous super fan? I don't know. I don't know if that's our place to speculate, but I don't want someone who I don't know if they're just doing it as a joke now. If Kellen's joking on her part that like a pagonging is epic. Because everyone knows that's not what you want to see. All the bad seasons are characterized by pagongings. And that's the thing is, like, I feel like the show knows people don't like one boring majority picking off the other side. Like, I, I would hope that Kellen is giving better confessionals than that that are more positive and uplifting and could be, yes. like, shown her strategic acumen and being more like, just because I'm in the ma- majority doesn't mean that I have to be comfortable, never be comfortable in Survivor. That's something that Jacob told us last season and a very important part. It's like, the last thing you want to be in Survivor is comfortable. And Kellen was shown as happily, connivingly comfortable. That's not a winner. Yes, I agree. That's really all I have to say. I think she's a captivating character. I'm happy she's on the show uh, yeah. because I, I love that we're getting the super fan villain. It's something we haven't seen before. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I still have her higher than other people simply because her she is getting content, I guess. But no, I don't. I don't see it. I don't know if I want to see it. It'll be a very sad season if she wins. Because then the story is the boring Navidi like, conglomerate just picks off the other side who are our underdogs and it's the story of sadness it's kind of like a um like a south pacific like a dark season like that's how this will go if she yeah. is our winner or worlds apart yeah. where yes the underdog wins but it's dominated by this axis of evil that no one really likes and it's not like people are 100 percent of the time unlikable like there's likable things about your rodney or your carolyn tyler like it was just not satisfying to see them get far mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. And if Navidi is what's getting far, especially the Navidi that is on Malolo right now, I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, like in the season or the next time on Survivor, we saw Stephanie writing out hope in the sand and like hugging each other. Like, I have no idea how people think Kellen is our winner. Like, it's really, it would be the saddest, darkest season ever if she goes on to win. <laughs> okay. I think that's enough. I think somebody who is more positive is our next person, and Michael. Um, yes. He had a really great episode. Like, really, really just exceptional all around, I think. It was it was a pretty small bit of content. Like, I don't think he got anything but the idol search. That's true, and even then, he didn't get to narrate the idol search. Yeah, the idol search is very interesting, I think, from a narrative standpoint, because it was shown as Stephanie and Jenna spearheading it. Yes. And then Michael and Brendan are just sort of there, and they find it. But they definitely seem to want to give the credit to Stephanie or Jenna. And I do think part of that is that it looks like this idol is probably going to get played pre-merge. Like, probably going to get played pretty fast. Um, Michael did get to talk to us about loving Survivor, being seven years old when China came out. His first season was Survivor, or was China, that he loved James. Like, I feel like that's almost personal content. Like, it's... It's yeah. good stuff to be getting on the TV show. In addition to this Malolo positivity, it's not too in your face. I feel like I feel like it's a good edit. Yeah, I have this group of men that I think have good parts and I have bad parts in their edit. I'm still holding on to Michael's bad parts from the first episode. Like, why did we not get an explanation for his flip on Gonzalez? But this does look really good. So he's sort of in that group of imperfect edits. Mm-hmm. But imperfect edits that can win, I agree. Like, yeah. I still think his story, if he wins, is going to be one of learning the game and like, like growing with Brendan as his teacher. Like, I feel like they are telling us that story. Um... Almost like, almost like a growth edit, but he's not shown as weak. So it's like, it's an interesting story where it's like, I feel like there is a world where he wins. And it's, to me, he's in my top five. Um, Because I do think he isn't the most captivating TV character, but he is getting consistent content. Um, He is constantly relevant in addition to that. But like, like never once, I feel like 
do we really see any negatives other than like he views the game as strength which i feel like like physical strength in a story of this season is different kind of strengths importance so that's my one major reservation of him and the pretty people and all that stuff that we were talking about last week yeah yep that's about all i have on yep, michael here. uh onto sebastian our banana flavored laffy taffy banana flavored laffy taffy uh, I think the very interesting thing about Sebastian is that he's probably the most separated from Navidi's negativity. A hundred percent. Like, I still think Sebastian is on that winner table because they gave him, like, a really positive, happy, goofy confessional. Uh, and that was just about majority's key and crucial. Yeah, that's not a statement that anyone would disagree with. And the Laffy Taffy confessional, like, I, I feel like he was shown... The only thing is that placement of that confessional was right before that baby confessional with Kellen. So, like, there is kind of, like, this Navidi talks, Navidi talks, Navidi... Sebastian and Navidi talks, Kellen complains, Bradley complains, Bra Brendan's, like, they're complainers. So, like... There is that sort of, yeah. like, negativity where it's, like, he is ultimately a new Navidi on Malolo, so there is some inherent negativity, but he's absolutely the most shielded. Yeah. So he could be that if the Axis of Evil wins, he's our positive figure in that Axis of Evil. Our Rodney, our... Yeah. I think it could be a story of why Kellen lost. I agree. Interestingly... Um, but I think there are also other pathways. I actually have Sebastian pretty high. Mm. I feel like he's the last of the people who doesn't have any flaws yet. Like, you might say he's not getting enough content, or like... Hasn't gone tribal. He's not strategic, but I think I'm happy with what I'm seeing if he were to win. Yes, I agree. Like, for me, he is probably the second most likely Navidi to win. Like original Navidi. original Navidi. Original Navidi. Maybe third. Um, I would say Wendell, my... Chris, and him are probably the top tier. Yeah. He is my most likely, but yeah, Wendell and Chris are right behind him. But we'll see that both of them have flaws in their edits now. So. Yeah, like ultimately, I think the interesting thing about him is one, two weeks in a row talking about, or yeah, two weeks in a row talking about candy, being very childish, mm -hmm. being kind of goofy. Like, it's very interesting. He, uh, like, he talked about his nickname. He has a nickname. It's almost scarily similar to Fabio, to be honest. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens if he goes to try. Like, because I think that's where we need to see, if not real strategy, some sort of justification. Yeah, like this episode was bad and good for him where he is being lumped with the negativity of Navidi. But he wasn't shown in those evil scheming scenes. Like, he was not with them. No. I don't know where he was. He was probably in the water. But, like, <laughs> we're not getting him really being overtly negative. And you might not even realize which tribe he's on yeah. without, like, really thinking about it. So that could be a good thing for him. Yep. Other than that, I really don't have much to add other than I 100% think him and uh, Chris are going to be reunited. Yes. I agree with that. So he's got kind of plot armor. Yeah. And I guess to wrap it up, uh, the last person here is Stephanie, who I think is one of the most interesting characters on this show. I think the oh, yeah. most captivating character, and I think a valid winner contender, um, because I do think she Absolutely. could dodge. Like, this episode did a lot for me to make her be like, maybe she won't get Jeremy. Maybe she is a, has long longevity. I think... I think the thing that makes me excited about our chances was the preview. Because we've had this solid, complex edit for these first three episodes. And then in the preview, you see her writing hope in the sand. And at first I was like, oh, is she, like, quitting? Weirdly? Like, that, but... Oh, no, that's, that's the, the, that is totally the, like, writes hope in the sand with no hope. And then Malolo, through their strength alone, is able to overcome evil Navidi. I feel like that's what that is, right? But I think what a lot of people have been waiting for with Stephanie is a moment of personal content. Mm -hmm. Like, we know she has 
a super interesting life. And I think her writing Hope in the Sand, you can just imagine the confessional that's over it. Like, I have worked so hard in my real life. I run all these businesses. I'm a mom. I just want to be and, strong for my son and prove that I can do yeah. it every day uh, on my calendar. I write out with out, play out last. I am a huge super fan, and this means so much to me. Hundred percent, you can yeah. see that. Like, and it's that crucial like fourth episode, fifth episode, which is almost a pattern at this her. point, right? Like, yeah, especially if you include like Natalie White, Fabio, they all get those winner quotes in like episode four or five. Adam, Ben, like that seems to be a new pattern. Is that like episode four and five are gonna establish something huge? Yeah, and yeah, like, and I think I th- Michelle picked up around that time too yeah no i agree like i think from her jeremy did absolutely that's where jeremy talked about his meat shields um and like yeah. find like the valital and all that stuff like like there's definitely that was episode six but still like that kind of like mid pre-merge is i feel like growing as a spot like one five ten are almost the most important episodes um but i think so i think of course editors have to maneuver around like who's going to tribal win but i think that's the perfect time because you don't want to just sort of dump it all up front mm-hmm. and then you make it obvious but you also it's sort of like putting the clues in there people get sick so... of them if you shove them down their throat yeah um, I think, and I think this was a good episode for her. Like, I think the fact that she got to narrate that idol finding scene was super important. Like, she got to t- articulate that she knew that she was a little, a little bit of dangerous danger, but that it's important to just play chill if there's a sur- if there's a wave there, surf it. You know, like like just ride yeah. the tide. Like, it was very good. Like, you got a sense of her personality. Uh, you, she told us that she's never gonna give up, no matter what. She's gonna k- go out kicking and screaming. Jeff Probst loves that. Production loves that. Right? Like, it was a good episode for her. Yeah, and I think. Everyone loves Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so happy she is a great character. <laughs> we were so wrong. I, like... Not... Well, I wasn't wrong, I was wrong. wrong. I oh, my say. God, I was wrong. We yeah. both thought she, she had like, first boot potential. And... Oh, for sure. But I I was really hoping she would not be. I, I mean, it's totally possible she can be that shock complex boot. That is still her number one downside, is she could easily be the, our Allie, our Jeremy, like, our Anna Kate. Like, yeah. that is a pattern. She kind of fits that pattern scarily well. It's like... Mm-hmm. If she can overcome that and prove that she is more than those people who never really got the opportunity to talk about who they are outside the game, like they got no personal content, and I feel like that's the number one thing that wraps them all together. Stephanie needs it. I feel like next episode is the yeah. example. Like that preview does look like it. If yeah, if she gets that personal content, it'll be very hard to knock her off the mm-hmm. top of my. Right and then I feel like it recolors the situation where because I feel like all season. I mean, this is the second week, but. <laughs> We think about and talk about Survivor a lot. Um, Yeah. Like, this entire time I've been thinking, watching Jenna to pick up that torch, when really we could just be looking at a Chelsea Kim Spradlin thing. Like, it could be that Jenna's just 100% committed to her and she's going to lose her at the end and she's fine with that. But I feel like there's that still that giant potential that Stephanie is that pre-merge boot or even our merge boot or whatever, like this early shock boot. But if she shows she's more than that, I feel like like I put her as my winner pick preemptively predicting that she will get that good content next week. Hmm. Yep, she's number two and maybe she should be number one, but I'm on a bit of a lark with someone. But yeah, Stephanie's great. And yeah, that's really all I have to say about her. Um, she's my favorite. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. She's great. And is, like, the leader 
of this Malolo 4. Yeah. Which has given me major i2-4 or uh, whatever, like in uh, Cook Islands. It's i2, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. i2-4. Giving me a lot of that vibes. Like, they, they talked about the 4 a lot. Yeah, I think it's very interesting that she is definitely that leader in a group that contains Brendan. Where Brendan is probably actually the leader of what's going on. Like, I feel like that's kind of the thing that my pulse is on, is that Brendan on the beach, on camp, is probably dictating a lot of what's going on, is the leader. You can see just body language. People look at him and, like, kind of... Like, he says, like, we're going to do this, and then everyone does it. But then Stephanie's getting to narrate those. So, like, to me, I feel like the show is yeah. telling us she's the leader when she might not actually be the leader. Yep, I agree. And, yeah, that's the Malolo tribe. I I feel like if you're doing tribe dynamics, that this is probably our complex tribe. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so on to Navidi, I guess. Navidi. Okay, and we start with... Angela, who was invisible throughout pretty much the whole premiere. She did sit out, and you couldn't, like, not edit that. But it was because she couldn't swim. Yep. But now we got content from her. I don't know. It wasn't great. Like, I feel like this was a... It's good that she's on the show. I'm sure she's happy that her family gets to see her and all that. But I feel like this is very little to sway me from the idea that she can't win. Um, We were basically just told that she's not reliable as a narrator. Um... We see her talking to Chris and Chris being like, hey, I think we should do this. Like, stop being emotional. Um, you got to think with your mind with your, about the game instead of your heart. And then she's like, you know what? Um, I love these people. They're my friends. Like, it's just like being in the military with your uh, fellow army people. Um, I've had these strong bonds with these people. I'll go to rocks for them. It's this very emotional story. And then she's told that, say that Chris is manipulating her and that she wants to trust Dominic. And right after, we're shown that Dominic doesn't care about her at all and wants to vote her out, and that Chris does care about her and wants her to do well. It's like, we're told that she is not reliable as a narrator. I guess I don't get that it's, like, as strongly insinuated that she is really not playing this game very well, which she isn't. Like, her whole alliance betrayed her, and now she has to reconcile with that fact. But it's just that it doesn't still feel important it doesn't feel like she's spearheading anything. It feels kind of like Cece from Millennials vs. Gen X, where she was present at times, but then she just gets mm-hmm. like dumped after the swap and is not important to any overall arching story. So, you know, like I feel like yeah. coming into this episode, we both predicted she would be the boot. She started. She got yeah. like the first confessional or second confessional. Uh, was getting all this visibility, all this kind of negative-ish visibility, where it's like, and we we're like showing that she's yes, validation. Like, yeah, like <laughs> no validation at all. She's just being like shown wrong. And I'm like, oh, me and Joe were both right. She's gone. Like, I just kind of assumed she was gonna leave. Uh, and I like it worked kind of blindside me because I'm like, she was invisible, got a huge visibility spike. Later, Angela. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting that that was juxtaposed with Libby, who also had the same thing, yeah. who had a similar thing, and but nope, it was neither. But yeah, Angela not not winning. Nope. I guess you could see that maybe since Navidi didn't go to tribal council and that tribe was dissolved after the first the premiere, that maybe the editors are really just not seeing that as important. But I don't think this content is leading towards a win. Either. I agree. Like she's above some people on the draft for me, like Bradley. And that's pretty much it. She might be number two. Maybe Chelsea. She's she's above Chelsea. Like, definitely above Chelsea. And Bradley, that's probably it. Um, I, I do think she's a funnish character. Like, I do like these kind of, like, kooky characters who don't understand the game. Like, like a Jessica Lewis from Millennials vs. Gen X, who, like, someone is telling them a plan, and then they just naturally distrust that plan. 
uh, and then act against their own best interest but are saved by an outside factor, like with David Wright playing the idol on her, or James orchestrating a blindside on Morgan. Like, like I feel like very similar, where it's just like, this person clearly doesn't understand the game, we're told she's not reliable, um, she has the wrong read on everybody, thinks she's going to rocks and is going to get booted, like, but is saved by some external force completely not of her doing. Like, yeah. it's, I, I like these characters, I love when they put someone who doesn't know what they're doing on the show. <laughs> yeah, uh... I'm okay on her. She wasn't the most exciting. But... No, she gives kind of boring confessionals. Like, I feel like preseason, you could just guess what confessional she was going to give, and it's these ones. Like, yeah. It's like boring Shambo, the character. <laughs> on to her number one ally. At least at the start of the episode. <laughs> at the start of the episode. And maybe the end of the someone episode. Someone who talks to you. Someone who talks to you, but is not does not talk with you. Mm-hmm. Chris. Chris Noble. Chris Noble is such a fascinating character. I don't think in a million yeah. years we would have ever imagined this is his edit. Um, He was being told, we were told that in some ways he's worse than a drill sergeant as a leader like and that he barks at you and it's like that's wild and then in the same episode we're told we're given this ridiculously glowingly positive insight into who chris is as a person and why he's fighting and that he's going to recenter himself and that his tribe keeps him strong and all he wants is to be a good leader it's like oh my god like these are two like completely out of left field ideas he's so mixed he's like he's so centered around dominic but at the same time we like know who he is outside the game, so I feel like this feud is gonna last yep. even longer. It's like yeah, yeah. I I have concerns about him now because of that negativity at the start. Um, but it is balanced out with that, and like we said with who was it on Malolo? I've forgotten. Um, Michael. There are these people who have good and bad to their edits, which has been and... a trend. Like Ben was super negative at times, and Adam was super negative at times. They seem to have no yep. problem editing these big alpha. I guess. Adam is probably a bad example of big alpha, but like, like, <laughs> like these kind of like characters with huge stories outside the game, like they're willing to show negativity of them if the positive, positively, positivity massively outweighs that negativity. I feel like Chris is in that mold. In addition, the negativity was from someone who we were told is not reliable and Angela. I feel like there is a trend in that as well. Hannah tells us in Millennials for Gen X that Adam is untrustworthy and snaky and all this stuff, and Hannah is shown over and over again as untrustworthy, not a reliable narrator. I feel like Angela was shown in that in, the, that in this episode, so it's hard to really hold too much against Chris's edit. Yeah, I think there's other reservations too, like just the dominant comparison, like who are we supposed to root for? I still can't figure it out. I Yeah, um, uh, we'll get to Dominic pretty soon, but yeah, he's definitely just entrenched in this group of people I just am not sure on. And like the weirdest part and is like I, him and Dominic, we like, I feel like personal on a purely personal content basis, we know more about the two of them than anybody else in this season. Like, yes, there's not correct. this massive imbalance of personal content, like where you often see this kind of thing. It's like, honestly, I think they're pretty even in terms of edits. Like <laughs> Dominic's obviously a bigger character. I feel like he's, he's always going to be a bigger character. Yeah. Nope. Should we just slide on into yep. Dominic Makes then? sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Not a good episode for Dominic. Like, really bad, bad episode for Dominic. Yes. I think he was called Russell Hans 2.0. Multiple times. And, yeah, I I want to say it's a bad thing. But I'm also not a Russell Hans fan at all. And I don't know. I could see a case in this era of Survivor that maybe being a Russell Hans isn't the worst thing i mean i think one thing that everybody casuals everybody knows about russell hans is that he could not win but did they not want him to win i mean i think if the editors are including russell hans 2.0 multiple times i don't know it to me it reads like 
not winner, right? Like, it's hard to say 100% because I do think there is a case that people do like Russell Hands. He is a casual favorite. I mean, he's, to be honest, he's, he's one of my favorites, but as a TV character. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like if you're going to show a winner, I'd be like, this absurd negativity in this episode where like like every episode we've had we've had somebody see through dominic and that's not a good look yeah i guess i was just putting it out there i definitely think rustlands 2.0 not a good thing the other thing is that there's a lot of emphasis on how all his stuff backfires mm-hmm. um in the recap we're told that his plan to show the idol to chris back i feel like watching the episode last week there was reasonable doubt as to whether it backfired and how we were supposed to read it and the recap was like yeah by the way it backfired chris saw through him it was like yeah and then he shows it to the malolo for and swears on some member of his family and i think he just says his family they just oh yeah they just don't like either of those things so it backfires there and it's and he's not shown as aware of the fact shown... that it's backfiring either like it's not like he's like oh no yeah. i think i messed up with like like tony would get or like i'm gonna stay up Absolutely. all night thinking about how to fix this that's what tony would get this guy just gets i think it's yeah. gonna work it's kind of shown as part of the reason why malolo does this plan to get out morgan mm-hmm. is because they can't trust that dominic is just really true about their plan to get out angela yeah like the weirdest thing to me is looking online i feel like a lot of people have this guy as a winner pick and i really don't see it i get the fact that like yeah tony won before but tony was shown so much differently than this guy i really 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 do not think he is winning i don't even think honestly gun to my head i don't think he's beating chris yeah i think with the positivity we saw at ghost island versus what we saw from dominic in this last episode i don't think so i have him in that group of people who had good and bad to their edits but i think talking this through has talked me out of that I think I saw a lot of people putting Dominic up there and I didn't want to discredit it, but I really can't. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure if we do, it would be like really late into all the Dominic fans that like the 14 weeks from now, we're going to just feel terrible as Dominic wins and celebrates the best winner of all time. He found 18 idols in a <laughs> row. You know what I mean? Like I still think there's a, yeah. a world where he wins. To be honest, I hope it's not this one because I feel yeah. like if he's winning, there's going to be some funny business going on personally. <laughs> I do like him as I do like him as a character. Like I, I think I love these characters who are willing to just throw shit at the wall. Like I think it's fun. It's fun to watch. Fun to listen to. I liked when you talk about Chris and eating all the rice in his big head. <laughs> yeah. But that's not really a winner thing. So. And that's another thing is we're we're shown over and over again that this guy is like not very socially aware. Like the sea bass thing from last week. Like, like yeah. this with Chris. Chris Noble's gonna love it with his big fat head. Like. He almost comes off like high school bully. Like it's yeah, it's such a weird thing. Like he just said it so blatantly out in front of everyone too. Like I don't know. I really do think that similar to in Game Changers when Brad got all this content, like man, I just am starting to understand how well Monica did. Like what would Monica do? Like maybe we're getting the like maybe that's a new thing that editors think it's hilarious to just name us previous players who they're like, and Dominic's gonna lose in the final two or three or whatever. Like maybe maybe that is the world. I think that's. Some significantly more possible than him winning i feel like that's his that's his ceiling to me is losing finalist because i feel like we're shown over and over again that who, who the fuck's gonna vote for this guy to win yeah that's really all i have to say about him um yep let's move on to donathan 
Which I think is one of the most interesting edits so far. Still don't know what to make of him. Like, we're not talking about it a lot, but that's because it was such a, like, strange direction to go. Where he just got almost no contact. He got a cooldown. Like, that's it. Like He got stuff right after the swap. Yeah, and he said, I'm definitely floored when I arrived here at the Navidi tribe because they definitely got it going on. They got two fire pits. They got a good shelter. And sure enough, they have the most beautiful views I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, that's all he said in this episode. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that our strategic group for Malolo was James and Libby. And Laurel, too. Laurel... She was shown there, at Wait. least. Okay, she was shown... Yeah, I guess... Jonathan wasn't she there was with there, them but... when they were scheming. Like, Okay. I... <laughs> I was like, did you watch a different episode? Because we're gonna have some stuff to talk about when we get to Laurel, because... <laughs> But yeah, Laurel did it all. Right. Jonathan... Laurel the game changer. Game changer Laurel. But no, like, I, <laughs> yeah. the thing is, like, Jonathan had such a huge premiere in second episode that, like, it makes sense that he would get a cooldown here if he were the winner. That's super important. It's a good cooldown. He's not just invisible. He still gets to continue his story. But, like, he was not relevant to this vote, and I don't get why. Like, if he's your yeah. winner, wouldn't you have him, like, at least agreeing with the plan or something? Like, un- at least visibly there. Unless they thought the plan would be seen negatively, but, like... To me, it just reads like they didn't want to show him as strategic because they wanted to sell us that he's going to grow into yeah. a strategic player. Yeah, I felt like his, like, at the challenge, it really leaned into him being, like, overcoming things. Because I think we saw his whole, like, what are you even going to call it, like, trip through the ramps? Where, like, he does it. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, but, yeah. That's the thing is, like... <laughs> At the end of the day, this feels like the journey at it. It's just like, there is part of me that thinks maybe he could win. Um, I don't really think it's that much of a possibility, but like, he's one of those people who's on that board for me who is just like, we could wake up and he's the winner and be like, huh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think his cooldown was too chilly. Yeah, it was too much of a It was cool too down. much. It's almost honestly like on, he might have been better if he was just invisible. Mm. Oh, I guess because he went to tribal, so no, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Well, like, yeah, I guess I can see. I don't know. It's definitely just an issue of if you're, if someone goes to tribal, should we get at least some sort of content from them in the tribal phase of the episode? Like, we didn't get a tribal council question or anything directed towards him. He might as well not have mm-hmm. been there. And just, like, <laughs> I don't really get why. Like, I don't get this story reason at all. And, I, like, if I knew that, I feel like I could interpret whether we're supposed to still consider him a threat to win or not. Um, I feel like yeah. we, ha- we don't have that information. Yep, that's about it on Donathan. I'm excited to see where his character goes, but I don't have a lot of belief that he's yeah and in a way he was almost shielded from the malolo positivity like i don't know like i feel like that's an interesting part is like both tribes were a story of malolo being our underdogs and on this tribe succeeding and on the other tribe probably succeeding actually succeeding finding the idol so it's like why wouldn't if he is your winner you lump him in there yeah that is almost interesting where we're supposed to like Malolo. I don't. Where am I going with this? Because he really comments on how good the Navidi stuff is, and on the opposite tribe, we're shown that Navidi is really complaining about how bad their situation now is. So maybe that's reading a little deep, but like, don't you don't want to? You don't want to be comfortable. Praise the Navidis that were spoiled. I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to say. I don't know. I, th- I I think he's not our winner, and that's really all I have to say for him. Yeah. Uh. So next up is James. Uh wonderful episode for james like he was really all over the place absolutely one of my favorites really strategic he got to justify the kind of negativity in the last episode where he failed in the challenge over justified in fact i think like not only in the first not only in episode two did he get to justify it but he got to re-justify it here in the recap 
and immediately following tribal. Like, you got to be, like, uh, raised in a Korean household. You got to be able to, like, work your hardest. Like, I think I deserve the votes, all that stuff. Like, you got to own it. And I think that's important. Yes. Yeah. I I put on my tinfoil hat. I think James is our winner. <sighs> I think this, I know you had a lot of problems with the premiere and you definitely voiced them to me and then I said I heard them, but maybe I (laughs) just, they went in one ear and out the other, but I think there was a lot of justification for the challenge failure. There was so much. In that second episode. And then he was seeing through Dominic masterminding this plan to help Malolo get the number. And in addition, he was, like, shown as the only one who was right on this tribe. Like, not only did he call that the idol was probably real, um, and that, like, the information that Chris told was real, uh, Libby said that he probably doesn't have an idol, and then Jim's like, no, he does, and, uh, no matter what, we should all vote together, and then they all vote together. Like, he called a shot, it worked. I don't know what else you would want from him in this scenario, um... And I feel like last week I was saying, why didn't he get a confessional being like, I tried my hardest no matter what from a Korean household. You work your hardest no matter what. And if you fail, you accept the punishment, but then you work even harder. And he got that in this episode. So I feel like he is a winner contender. And especially he got the positivity from Malolo. Um, Yeah, like I feel like overall, like he looked good. I He's not my number one. He's not in my <laughs> top five. I don't think he might be number five, but he's like five for six for me. Uh, and I, I think you're onto something like he could go on and win well i can't be onto something with both james and jenna like only one can win. <laughs> true true and honestly like <laughs> i feel like next week there's a good chance we could eliminate jenna if stephanie just gets this beautiful wonderful glowing edit and then i think james moves up big time if that makes sense um i get where you're coming from i i know myself and i think I'll still see Stephanie's stuff and be like, oh, this could still be a pass the torch edit for Jenna. That's probably, it's probably it's all It all depends on how it is mm-hmm. edited, but yeah, I agree that Stephanie could go up to number one if she does get that really good episode, but I yeah. think the thing for me, I, definitely haven't... Uh, I wish James had a better first episode. His second episode was solid, I think now with the third episode combined. He only got like a little bit in the first episode, and I feel like it's just enough that he could win, but like it's it's a little bit, a little bit weak. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like his confessional in his first episode is really good, though. It's sort of pointing out Jacob as not doing the right things which is in line with what he was doing in this episode where he was on point with everything so so I don't know the pieces all fit together right now but anything could happen next episode he did do kind of poorly in that ramp part of the challenge but it wasn't as yeah no I feel like I don't know yeah like it wasn't it wasn't really highlighted um in either way he's owning it and he's getting content owning it. So yeah. I feel like that you can't really hold bad stuff against him. And like personal content and everything. Like, and you can't edit somebody who's saying something differently. Like he can't, like he, he didn't trash Donathan in confessional for not jumping in the water. So they can't show him trashing Donathan for not yeah. jumping in the water. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I have to add to him. I think he is absolutely a winner contender. He is, it's just, I don't think he's my number one or anything like that. Next up is not a winner contender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Yeah, no, like, like the super fan, like RHEP, uh, patron, like listens to all the podcasts, triple, triple threat. threat. She, 
where did Laurel go? Like, last week I was saying, maybe there's a world she wins. She got just enough. She wasn't on this episode. No. She has been to every tribal council and... And seemingly an important part of every tribal council. Like, she was arguably the swing vote in episode two. She was somewhat important in the first one. She was seemingly second in charge on this vote against Morgan. It's like, <laughs> she's clearly not yeah. winning. I feel like I would put her up there with Bradley because it's like, she should be getting way more if she doesn't even have the excuse of not going to tribal. Yeah, I have Bradley as my bottom and then I have Laurel. <laughs> Honestly, I, like, I feel like Chelsea also deserves to be there, but... Well, Chelsea's right after, but that's how bad this is. Like, maybe they're doing something real weird with Yeah, Chelsea, but they're, like, there's nothing... Yeah. There's no excuse for what they're doing to Laurel. No, that's perfectly fair. Honestly, it sucks. She seems like she could be a fun character. I hope yeah, she b- grows absolutely. into one. I feel like there is that possibility. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, like, I don't know even what to say about her. I feel like I have less to say about her than Chelsea. Yeah. On to someone who we have much more to say. Libby, queen, Libby. queen, queen, queen. I love her. I love her so much. Yeah. I w- I'm so freaking mad at the editors for not giving us her not giving her anything in the first episode literally if she said anything of importance we would be marking her down as a winner contender i think a really high winner contender she got the confessional where she's like i'm not like chris thinks i'm just a pretty face and that he can uh take advantage of me but i might i might look dumb and i might play dumb but i won't act dumb it's like oh like that's such a good such a good confessional but then the first episode like yeah, like even if she, I'm sure they did some sort of introductory confessional for her, and that plays into everything that this episode was, where she was the Southern blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Like, start playing that up. Like, yeah, they could have even just said, "Hi, I'm a Christian from a Catholic girl from the South," and I would be putting her yeah. on my winner contender list. But she was completely ignored despite going to tribal twice. I'm like, oh my god, this girl is a huge character. This girl could be so fun. It reminds me of Tessa from Australian Survivor 2. It's like, put this girl in the premiere and I would believe that she could win. And the audience would believe she could win. And she has Wentworth upside. It's like, this could be your breakup character. She could still be. But it's like, yeah, online circles would actually think she could win. And then there would be hardcore Libby stands all over the place. And it's like, come on, show. Like, give them a confessional in the first episode. Or even something to yes. do. I do think, I'm not completely positive about this episode for her. I think... She was painted as this, like, Catholic Southern blonde girl. And then Morgan goes into a lot of detail talking about, oh, this girl can't lie. She She's so good. And then Morgan goes mm-hmm. home. And Morgan is like, don't trust the blonde girl. I oh, mean, no, like, for me, like... I think in many ways this was bad for her. For example, she, on the episode subtitled, says, I don't think Dominic has an idol. After James is like, he has the idol. Like, terrible. Like, mm-hmm. She didn't get her way. Like, like she said she wanted to save Morgan. Didn't. Like, in many ways, this is still yeah. a bad episode for her. But, like, I wish they gave her something in the first episode. Because I feel like we would be able to, like, be like, oh, at least something and blah, blah, blah. But at this yep. point, she's just as eliminated as the others you know what i mean like yeah especially considering this was ridiculously positive it was mixed she was shown as wrong she was shown as not being able to read people in addition like on a gameplay basis if jeff probe asks you like do you love lying your answer should never be yes i love lying i can't wait to backstab all these people i might look like <laughs> a pretty girl but i want to backstab everybody and nothing i say is true ha 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 like really bad gameplay from libby like way to completely eliminate any under the radar power you had <laughs> yeah that's really all i have to say about libby do you have anything else yep. good character. Great character um but i i said in the words of jenna lewis a little too little yes. too late uh 
Onto Morgan. Our, our boot, Morgan. Rip. She was freaking I out. loved how loud she was talking at that tribal council. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, literally, like, I thought, I didn't think she was leaving because I'm an idiot. I thought this was somebody who could finally rival Adam Klein as the loudest confessionalist ever. Just fucking screaming. Like, like maybe part of why she got voted out is everybody on the beach knew what she said in confessional all the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, she was so good. I will miss her. And we know now that she was just sort of getting essential mm-hmm. In those first two episodes with the legacy advantage, which now I feel like we can officially write down as a pattern like, whoever gets that is gonna get a decent edit, yeah, to start with. Um, as far as what she said and where that leads us, she talked about right after the challenge, she talked about how like bad decisions can undo you, and she obviously made a bad decision, and it was spelled out really strongly what she did. And I think one thing is that she did have this, like, like I feel like they used her in proxy, like they didn't show her super negatively. They showed her being aware of the fact that Navidi are being stupid. She says, like, oh my god, the like the right thing to do is just for one vote at least, just vote out a Malolo. That's all you have to do. Like it really adds That's to this true. like Navidi are fucking things up. Like they're really ruining any lead they had <laughs> yes i feel like that's that was ultimately her primary role in this episode was add more discrediting to navidi from a side that and she's from that side yeah and since all they have to do is make us understand why she's going home they don't have to sort of censor mm-hmm. anything like we saw her mouth blurred as she was going we did get all that content like about her talking about what the proper move should be and sort of unraveling it from there that's really all i have to say with her i'm happy that they edited her in a way that was complex and like like they actually gave her content she got to speak because this is the kind of thing where i love when we get an edit of somebody who like isn't just looks like the boot like isn't just saying things that look terrible like 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 she's not getting the like i feel so comfortable i'm so safe i'm never gonna go home these people suck (laughs) ha 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 like it's it's very like she got to actually talk and like genuinely speak and like if she survived this tribal council this would have been a good episode for her and they gave the boot that and that's awesome and something they haven't done in a while yeah it's such a good trajectory for someone who will be pretty irrelevant to the overall story i think obviously she hands off that Mm -hmm. legacy advantage but it's not like she was spearheading anything or like a villain or a hero it was just like she was just decent character whatever um and especially after heroes healers hustlers where i believe it was like out of the 18 people it was like uh like seven of them left without a confessional on their boot episode. Like, thank you, editors, for giving someone content on their boot episode. Yes. That's all I have to say about Morgan. I, I feel like they didn't really use her as the broader narrative. We don't know why she really gave it to Dominic or anything like that. Yep. Rest in peace, our killer whale. Yeah, our killer whale. Trainer. <laughs> and our final person. Last, but, well, he wasn't. It was definitely most for us. Last. Yeah episode wendell so weird. really not a great episode for him <laughs> or any navidi but i feel like i feel like i went from him being the most likely winner with over 50 percent win equity to like yeah i guess he could still win yeah yeah he's in that group of people with flaws but he is the the one that breaks through and is like the fifth mm-hmm. fifth out of like all the people for me i think i put him third i think it's a weird like to me if a navidi yeah. is gonna win it's still gonna be him because he's avoided the negativity um I do think, like, it just wasn't a good look. Like, I do think there are some positives where Laurel subtitled said, we need Wendell, so that's why we're not going to vote at Wendell over Morgan. Um, He got to articulate why he was voting Angela, all that stuff. Like, he got to say, yeah. like, I don't, I didn't trust Chris. Angela's her number one, uh, or his number one. So, like, yeah, I'm not going to rocks for Angela. Like, I feel like that was good-ish. 
Yes. I think on the flip side, though, he does say, and they can totally cut this out, but it, this is this tribe is never going to mm-hmm. lose. And then that tribe immediately loses. And I don't know why you'd want to show that. I guess the big question is that, like, are plans not going his way or... Is the edit purposely trying to make him a much more positive, cheery person than the rest of mm-hmm. negative Navidi? I mean, like, he did in confessional say, I am gung-ho about getting Angela out of here. And he failed. He got outplayed by James. I feel like that is a discredit. Like, that is an undermine that is showing that Wendell is no longer maybe our, our reliable narrator that he was previously. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this wasn't a good episode. It wasn't a terrible episode. Like, I do think he's another one who kind of dodges negativity a bit. Um, I do think if, like, what we're hypothesizing, if there is this axis of evil that wins and we're like, oh, they're stomping our favorites, Wendell's going to be the captivating one who is charismatic and positive, I feel like. Or Mike, you know? Hmm, I don't know. I think it's unlikely. I think, I don't know, if we... If we're done with Wendell, I think I have something that sort of leads into, like... Sure, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into, like, stories forming, and if you have one that ties to Wendell, I, mean, I, I feel like that would be... Well, I guess it's just, like, all of old Navidi, I guess this really sort of showed that it really does seem like Navidi is... Drawing dead. This, yeah, it's just, like, this nexus of inac- er, negativity, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to root for so many people on Malola. The only one who is positive at all of the entire Navidi tribe was Chris who was secluded from everybody else and even got to talk about recentering himself and like how it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own head like he really got to like divorce himself completely from old Navidi in confessional and on Ghost Island it's, like yeah. the only one who was positive in this episode like I'm yeah. starting to think unless they were in terms of like broad stories that we were we were supposed to take Jacob at face value that Malolo will grow in to be the best tribe of all time. Yes, I think. Because Libby's now co-opting mm-hmm. that. and It was mentioned in this episode. It was mentioned in the recap. Like, it was mentioned by Libby. We're shown the Malolo 4. We're shown the VD or complainers. I feel like that is the story of this season, is that Malolo is the best tribe of all time. They gave Jacob so much confessional to tell us that story and tell us it earnestly. It's the, it's the worlds apart. The winners on this mat. Blue Collar works so hard. It's that moment. <laughs> Yes, that makes me kind of worried because I don't like negating nine people, Mm -hmm. but... There's the chance that they are, like, I do think there is that possibility that they are our underdogs that we're rooting for as they get stomped and we're sad about it. Yeah, it's really who who is shown flipping away from that, not being so excited about Navidi Pride or... And that's the thing is we really don't have anybody other than maybe Donathan. Like, Donathan talks about how Navidi has the most beautiful views I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, wait, I think we're talking, we're talking about separate things. I'm, like, the Chris. Like oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, are yeah, sure. separating themselves from Navidi. Like, maybe Sebastian leans into yeah. that where... It's, but, yeah, I think there is something else to be shown where people are being separated from Malolo's positivity. Everyone on new Malolo, who is an old Malolo member, is still very committed to that idea. But then you um, even have Libby talking about it, who is on new Navidi. Like... I feel like that is a broad narrative, is Malolo, right? Like, the Malolo 4 was mentioned for both tribes. Yes. Yep. I don't know, like, I feel like that is ultimately the story, and if it's not, I think you're right. Like, it is this, these people who are divorcing themselves of it, like Chris. Yeah. Because, like, ultimately, another story that's forming is Navidi is incapable 
Navidi, it will destroy itself. Navidi is complaining. Navidi is comfortable and will, is going to throw away their lead. Like, I feel like that is the story we're going to see in the rest of this pre-merge. I feel like we're, the idea is that we're getting that Malola will go to Tribal Council next mm-hmm. episode and it'll be a successful I agree. Play. That's what I feel. Or maybe a flip or something, and... but... I think that's mm-hmm. unlikely. I just don't... Yeah, who... The only one who could is Sebastian. Just because, like... Yeah. He was kind of divorced from the negativity. Or Chelsea. Because <laughs> she's not <laughs> on the show. She has to show up at some point. Yeah. Again, like, I, th- I think it's yeah. unlikely. I think we are going to see an idol play. I wouldn't be surprised if... Again, there's the Ghost Island rock draw. And say, like, Brendan gets sent to Ghost Island. And so it's 5-3. So we're even getting even more, like, underdoggy stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, they successfully at all. They have only, it's a one in three chance of getting it right. They do against all odds. Blah blah blah. They win the next one. Yeah. Yep. Is there any other stories? The main stuff, one is or... Chris versus Dom. Um, like the only other remaining one. And again, I think this it could be yeah. the story of if Chris wins, they're using Chris as a cipher against Dominic um, to divorce him completely of the Navidi negativity. If they're making Dominic, yes. like if Dominic is our like. The epitome of everything that is Navidi and Chris is re- like fighting hard against that, then that could be very good for him. On the flip side, that could also be good for Dominic because Chris is our Navidi leader. Um, so maybe that is good for Wendell and Dominic. If like Chris comes out in the next episode and is the epitome of everything in Navidi, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that could be how we end up to the Wendell win. Um, I think it'll be very interesting how Navidi's edited, like, new Navidi. Mm-hmm. We were shown in the preview that Dominic is showing a real idol to yes. Laurel, which is bizarre. She's on the show! Like, everything from that tribal would lead us to believe that Chris will come back, and it'll be Chris and Angela versus Dominic and Wendell, but really having no power because the Malolo 4 mm-hmm. is still there. So, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I'm trying to think if there's any other major stories. Again, just, like, this reverse the curse thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that's that's the majority of it. Um, I guess the one that we should touch on is uh, the legacy advantage. This is my take. I think Dominic is going to give that to Wendell. Um, I think that's Wendell I said. That. Like I I like this guy Dom. I feel like um, me being nice to him could reciprocate in the future. I feel like now that Dominic has it, I'm even more convinced that this guy's going to go earlier than people are expecting. He's going to pass it off to Wendell. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. I hadn't thought of it, but I think I could almost see Dominic going like next time Navidi goes to Tribal. I think there's a chance they don't go to Tribal again. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, you don't think for the whole of their. To be honest, I think we're going to get a swap at 15, which I kind of hope not. I almost, I maybe think at 16. Oh, two, two of eight? I think, that would be yeah, sick. Yeah, I think this I might like be their their season where they go really intense with swaps. I, I would love if they did like, two of eight. Would that be, so yeah. what, we're at 17. Oh, so that would be, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, maybe it's just a, a dream of mine, but it'd be really neat if they did that. So I guess, yeah, that's, I think, the um, major stories of this season. Um, track those continuously. Yep. So, I, like, we talked about our winter contenders a lot, uh, so maybe just quickly go through them again like top five yeah yeah uh i can start if yes okay um number five is wendell like i said i had that group he is the one on the top of that there's definitely some problems but he was number one so i'm not negating all that um number four i have sebastian i don't feel like it's out of place what we've gotten so far for how he could win obviously the more he's not so complex or gives us nothing the less likely i think that is um third is jenna i think jenna has some merits on her own but there is that stephanie upside where as long as stephanie has a strong edit and jenna has a consistent edit i think 
think Jenna has a chance. Right above Jenna is Stephanie. I think we're, if she gets that personal content next episode, she'll be my number one without a doubt. Just a great edit so far. And then number one is my tinfoil hat, James. I think it's just been sort of a perfect trajectory. I think that would be very cool. For an edit. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a unique winner, I think. Yes. Uh, for me, uh, my top five is number five, Chris. Number four, Michael. Number three, Wendell. Um, number two, Jenna. Number one, Stephanie. Uh, basically, for the reasons you outlined, honestly, I only included Chris and Wendell on the, like, what if I'm wrong about Malolo? I really think, like, tribe theory would, to me, t- says that the winner is on Malolo. Um, original Malolo, I mean. Um, I think they were a complex tribe. I think they were the tribe that's the most developed, has the characters we're supposed to be rooting for. And honestly, James would be six. As I was I, as I was speaking, I was like, should I retroactively put James five? I decided no, he's six. Um, yep, you you have like eleven episodes. Yeah, to and like become right. So. For me, I'm still missing <laughs> something. Like there's still like something about him needs. Like I feel like we need to know his thoughts moving forward in a game that we don't have. Like, we don't Definitely. know who his friends are, and that's dangerous, I think. That is true. I think his edit could crash really mm-hmm. quickly. And, like, ultimately, like, we heard that Donathan likes James because he's exotic. We haven't heard of James likes Donathan or anything like that. Like, I feel like that's really problematic. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, I feel like, the winner contenders. Um. So, yeah, we'll just go to our predictions of who we think is going to go, f- our, like, let's just, like, who's going to get booted next? Yeah. Um. I think, okay, I think if the Malolos, scenario plays out where they idle someone successfully i think it's bradley i think that's very possible yeah because i i I was thinking about it now and i'm like i'm I'm also thinking that malola is gonna go tribal it's like is it really gonna be invisible 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 boot like i don't think chelsea would get Uh, booted i could it's a possibility like if chelsea gets like 18 confessionals or something like she's gone so well yeah if you don't want to if chelsea's not like the super negative force but you want to put her with that but she gets idled out so it's kind of tragic i could see it but to be honest yeah you're probably right it's probably bradley like because like because you want kellen for that actual villainous mm-hmm. force and that's the thing is i feel like kellen is our under the radar villain right now bradley is probably closest to our villain it's like yeah. cut bradley now kellen is more like still kind of covered because i feel like they're gonna like they want to kind of surprise you that this girl is gonna be our villain definitely so yeah that's what good thing we're here to ruin all exactly surprises. good thing that we're uh <laughs> yeah yeah um, for Navidi, I think the Malolo 4 there is going to stay strong, and... I'm gonna say Dominic. But, yeah, Dominic, maybe Oh, actually, Angela, he has that just... idol, so I, I think there's a chance next time they go that he actually successfully plays that idol, and Laurel goes. Mm. Oh, that may be a good one. That would be some tricky preview mm-hmm. editing, though. You know what? Yeah, yeah. But... Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with my take. Um, new Navidi is not going to tribal again. It'll mm. either be two Malolo tribals... Or one and then a swap. Interesting. I think Angela just has to go really oh, soon. Oh, uh, yeah. If, if they go, it'll be Angela or Laurel. I don't know. That's why yep. we keep watching to hopefully figure it out. So, yeah, I think that was a good episode. Um, I'm yeah. I'm super happy with the season. I love it. I love it way more than I loved Heroes Healers Hustlers. I honestly think this was a better episode than any individual episode last season. Uh, my, and Game Changers, honestly. My love of Survivor is <laughs> full force. I had no problem watching these episodes a hundred times to uh, type out the transcripts for all the confessionals. Yeah, thank you for doing uh, that. No worries. The, the guy who normally um, does it uh, is busy or something, so I'm on backup <laughs> duty. Um, I guess we'll get to our administrative stuff. Uh, our website is thewinnersedit, all one word, .wordpress.com. There's a contact form 
form there if you want to send us some love or feedback or criticism. Um, or you can email us directly at the winner edit. No S, there's just one winner after all. The winner edit at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. Um, I we think are, we're anywhere we that you can find podcasts. I know I always find it um, on Pocket keep, Casts. That's what I use. So if you can't find it anywhere, shoot us an email. Keep vamping so I can look real quick to see if it is on. It is Sweet. on Google okay, Play. Okay, cool. We're everywhere. Yeah. We're everywhere. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. That's apparently good for podcasts. Um, we are trying to put episodes out on Sunday. This one will probably be uh, Monday morning. Like Things come up. <laughs> We're busy people. We're sick. Yeah, I got sometimes. sick uh, this past weekend, so it was hard to record. And I was with friends, so. Yeah. Uh, follow tried, me on Twitter but... at Danny Kills Bees. Uh, I've been ramping up in my Survivor content. Uh, yeah. And your Big and Brother, my Big Canada, Brother Canada, Canada content. Yeah. I, we're not doing a Big Brother Canada podcast, I don't think, from what I've been reading. Oh, no. The first episode was so bad. Good Lord. One of the worst <laughs> episodes of reality TV ever. Two episodes in a row yeah. that were two of the worst ever. Um,. We obviously frequent like the Survivor subreddit yeah, a I'm lot. Yeah, I'm H-I-P-L-O-P, hip-hop everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm KittyMaster9000. Super mature, professional name. Um, yeah, that's our show. Yeah, I, I think that's it. We'll have cool things in the show notes, like our edic charts if you're into that. Um, I assume Dan will link his confessional mm-hmm. stuff. Um, um, yep. And I... I guess if we mentioned anything obscure, which we never do like other podcasts, like, but yeah. (laughs) Peace. Yep. Bye.